My Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Sarah Mills, Senior Director of Events for iRelaunch. Sarah manages all iRelaunch events, including our conferences and other events for employers and relaunchers. She produces our iRelaunch Return to Work conferences, which are going virtual this fall for the first time, a feat we will discuss shortly. Sarah is our longest-serving team member. Having joined iRelaunch in 2010 after an eight-year career break, when we were a much smaller company, we are going to talk about Sarah's pre-career break progression from fundraising and major donor events to alumni relations, code for fundraising, right? And ultimately, post-career break to her evolving role at iRelaunch as we have grown our team and as a company. We are going to focus on what it takes to be flexible and fearless at a time when we had a flex and pivot in our corporate conference and events business due to COVID and Sarah's key role in that effort. Sarah, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks for having me, Carol. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, we are thrilled to have you and to be interviewing one of our own team members and our longest serving team members. So very thrilled to be having the conversation. Sarah, can we start by asking you to take us through your career path briefly since you graduated from college? Oh, wow. So we're going back 30 years here. Uh, After college, I worked in nonprofits and specifically in education. Uh, First job out of college was in the Harvard Development Office, where I learned how to fundraise. And I worked specifically in the major uh, gift events group. So we produced uh, events for donors of 250,000 up to 5 million. So those events had to be spot on. There was no room for error. And then after Harvard, I went to a small private school in Milton, Massachusetts called Milton Academy, where I transitioned to alumni relations, as you say, code for fundraising. And (laughs) I focused on working with our alumni and providing events Uh, where they would connect back to the school and at that point, hopefully then make a small donation to the school. So that's, and then after Milton Academy, I decided to stay at home and I had two daughters who are now 17 and 15. Wow. That's, it is amazing that it's been all this time. When Uh, I started, Emma was in kindergarten and she's going into her sophomore year in high school. I still remember our, our first interview. I It's really something. Um, and I just think about all that's evolved to where we are today. So we'll get into that in a minute. Um, Sarah, can you talk about the volunteer and board work that you've done at the YMCA and how that came about and what impact it had on keeping your skills and knowledge fresh? Definitely. So that work I found, and I wasn't really looking for work, but when you have young children, especially those who aren't in school, you need to develop a routine. And so my routine would be get the girls up and go to the Y because the Y offers so many great, great activities for young kids. 
And I would do my spin class. I would do my spin class four days a week. And the spin instructor happened to also sit on the executive team. And we became friends and, and chatting. And he knew in my previous life, I was in fundraising. And so at that time, um, it was at the Emelson YMCA on the South Shore, and they were growing their branch board. And he asked if I would uh, sit on the branch board just with my background. And I told him I would, depending on the commitments. And it wasn't a large commitment. It was a, it was a board meeting maybe every month. But out of that, you know, we, I was put on another committee for onboarding new members to the board. So it really was inclusive and it really used my skills as a fundraiser and sort of a people person. And I loved it. I loved it. But if I have to think of how I I got that sort of board work, it was through networking. It was mm-hmm. accidental networking, just just like you talk about in your keynote. Yeah, and it and it's just you never know where or when that networking is going to take place. It could be uh, in a spin class when you're having a conversation with the instructor. Exactly. You never know. Well, I'm sure our audience can tell from your background, your your pre career break work experience, and your experience as a volunteer and a board member uh, at uh, your local YMCA, why it was such a perfect fit for you to come to our relaunch and work on our conferences and events, which originally were running on a much smaller scale and have uh, the, the scale and number and type of events that we run now. It's completely different now from where it was at the beginning. And, and you've ridden that all the way through and it's been an amazing partnership. So I just want to ask you a little bit more about your skill set around that and how did it develop and how did you recognize that this is something that you love doing and we're good at? So I know you've said that you love to plan and manage logistics. Mm-hmm. And has that been like something you've excelled in throughout your entire life or something <laughs> that you you discovered later when you were um, in these roles at Harvard and at Milton? Or how did that happen? So that's a great question. I, I never really thought thought of it as my skill set. It's just something I love to do. I love the process of an event. I love starting small and and starting from nothing really, and then executing it no matter how big or small it is. Um, In college, I worked on the orientation process. So how when new students would come to the campus, um, we had programs for them. And I loved It was meeting new people, people I didn't know and connecting with them and making them feel good that they had just walked on this college campus and their parents were leaving. So I never really thought of it as, oh, I'm really good at it. I just sort of, it came easy to me. Um, And I've talked to many friends who who don't like doing this sort of work. And I just think, well, it's easy for me. So I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But especially with events and I relaunch and what I was doing sort of in the final years at Milton Academy, I love to dig into the metrics of the event that I discovered later on sort of making the connection between, especially in fundraising, 
oh, who came to the event? Oh, let's see what their giving history is. Because your goal in a fundraiser, as a fundraiser, is to obviously have gifts come in to support the school, to support the endowment. Mm-hmm. So I found the more events people attended, the more they were apt to give to the school. So if mm-hmm. we created events tailored to what they needed, then they would naturally write write a check to the school. I remember coming up with a book club because our young alums wanted to um, engage with the English professor and have a book club. So it's really about listening to your audience. And I feel like we do that at iRelaunch as well because we change our agenda every year at the conference. It has the bones year to year, but you are constantly researching and learning that, you know, we're the best in the business. I have, I have to say that. Yeah. You know? I'm glad you're saying it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's such an interesting comment that you made. I'm, I'm just kind of reflecting on it right now where you're saying you're creating something out of nothing. It's like every time you, you create one of these events and, you know, our, our conferences are, are larger scale and complex you're creating something that didn't exist before. Right. Um, even if it's been done the year before, and we, we've done 26 of these conferences so far mm-hmm. um, since uh, 2008. And plus we have, we, we run a whole bunch of other types of events too, but this is our flagship and you're right. You're creating something from scratch every single time. So can you maybe give us an example about this by talking about what was and is involved in producing our largest, well, before COVID, (laughs) our largest annual in-person return to work conference has been at Columbia University in New York. We run it every fall. It's always our largest conference with the most attendees and the most sponsors and, you know, the most people in the room. And before we went to COVID, can you give us just a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes? Sure. And also talk to us about what our team considers <laughs> your greatest superpower. How do you keep so calm oh. on game day? Oh, so funny. So you can't really think of the conference at the end, right? You can't really say, wow, we planned a 600-person conference with over 20 sponsors. What I do is I break it down and I break it down into sort of categories. So I might look at, okay, how am I going to handle our employer sponsors? What information do they need to recruit at the conference? Well, they need information about um, their table. They need information about the location in Learner Hall, where we where we hold this conference. So I really break it down into buckets. And then I just start adding, I just start adding to those buckets. And once I have all my information in all those buckets, then I step back and I sort of string it together month to month. So I think, okay, about three months out, we need to start thinking about what food we're going to have at, at Columbia. You know, three months out, my employers, they need to give me their panelists, the who's going to be speaking on behalf of their company. So if you break it down, and I, I tell this to my kids as well, if you yeah. break it down and you manage the smaller process, it becomes more manageable. 
Um, so it, that's sort of how I look at it. As for my um, my calmness, I, I think that's a little of my personality. But I, I, I got to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm not always calm. Like when my oldest fainted at a neighborhood block party and I screamed, you know, you know, call 911. And my husband was the one that said, relax, relax. She just yeah. fainted. It's okay. Wow. Um, but, you know, when a relauncher walks into an event and you can tell they're nervous, you can tell they don't know where to go first. So it's just putting them, it's putting them at ease and it's being empathetic. Walk in their shoes. I, I did it. I was at home on a career break. I, I was scared to have that interview with you over many years ago, 10 years ago. So I think, I think really just the empathy, empathy and understanding sort of what the day holds for everybody, even for our employer sponsors. If their materials don't get shipped there, they can't then really promote their company. So mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. to uh, find a common ground and and we get through it. And I eat lots of candy too. I am not <laughs> just <laughs> That's the the secret. That's the secret. <laughs> um, yeah, you know this. Your comments about um, the empathy part of it. I think we are uniquely situated as a team because, like, you're a relauncher. I'm a relauncher. Not everyone is on our team is a relauncher, um, but most of us are relaunchers. And then, right. like, our our CEO's mother was a relauncher. Yeah. <laughs> Someone um, knows a relauncher, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, most of us are relaunchers ourselves. And, you know, for you to be in this role of um, planning everything around the conference and thinking about the the user experience, the, you know, if there's an employer user experience, there's a uh, relauncher user experience, but you have that uh, genuine, authentic perspective to draw on your firsthand perspective as like, well, I was a relauncher. I remember how it felt. And I want to think about that when I'm I, I'm thinking about every step of the user experience from the moment that I walk in the door and check in uh, to, to with, with the front desk to the end of the day when I'm walking out. Right. So that's pretty powerful. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And also you were very gracious in not mentioning um, certain situations like when I insisted that half of the sandwiches be tuna salad sandwiches <laughs> because I like tuna salad sandwiches on rye and um they we had a lot of leftover and we had some tuna left and that's okay that's why we change every year we change things up a little yeah not only are we changing the content the agenda the speakers but we're also changing the food so yes um yeah. So, okay. Uh, so now we have a brand new challenge in that COVID is happening. We originally thought our fall conferences, it w- w- enough time would have gone by that by the time we got to this fall, re- events would resume and people, you know, back in March, we this time felt like the fall felt like a long time away and for sure everything would be back to normal. By right. Then. So we finally had to um, make the decision that we were going to move our what we're going to be three in-person conferences. One was supposed to be last last June, 
um, this past June. Um, and we moved those three in-person conferences into two virtual conferences. So I wanted to know how you thought about that and approached it when we started discussing it. Was it like, it, this is so overwhelming because I've never run a virtual conference <laughs> before. And I know that there's going to be some sort of tech virtual platform involved. And I'm going to need to know it really well because I'm going to need to be able to instruct our employers and our relaunchers and and have training tutorials and, you know, ways to uh, get everyone set up on this platform. So I'm really, really going to have to understand it myself. Wh how did you approach that? Did, did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel curious? So my emotions were, I, I mean, I think... I think when COVID first happened, I was a little overwhelmed. I think it, to, to think of not being overwhelmed isn't realistic. Right. Luckily, I work virtually. My husband works virtually. So we've always worked virtually. So that didn't change. So my, my home life was, was great. So I could really dive into how is iRelaunch going to pivot from, from in-person to virtual. And I really have to give out, give a huge shout out to the entire team going virtual. Everybody has played a part in this, in this pivot. Um, and, and what we started to do is we, again, we broke it down. What criteria do we need to have in a platform in order to sort of produce this, this large this large conference that we that we have in New York and that we were planning to have in Boston and in Chicago. So we came up with a with this list of of certain criteria. Um, one thing that's very unique about our conference is it's not just a full day of education and it's not a job fair. It it marries the two. You give such amazing and valuable information during your keynote that we had to have a platform where we could broadcast, we could broadcast your keynote. It was just inconceivable to think you wouldn't give a keynote during, during a conference. So that, that was a no negotiation. So we had to have a platform where we could do that. And then we also had to have a platform where our recruiters could easily <laughs> um, chat with or video chat with our relaunchers because that's such an important part of our conference. Our employer yeah. sponsors are there to meet this talented group. So they specifically want to talk to the relaunchers. So those were the two driving factors in when we started researching all the virtual platforms. And we did, we looked at a lot of different virtual platforms. And I brought two up to the team to sort of have the team's input. There were a bunch we looked at before I even brought it to the team. Mm. And then once when, when everybody was engaging and giving feedback, you know, we decided on one virtual platform that really could handle the sort of education part of our conference and also the recruiting part of our conference. And we had, we had um, great advice from our sponsors who had used different platforms. Everybody is moving virtual now. Mm -hmm. So everybody 
has some experience and it's just beginning. So I feel like we're ahead of the game again. We're we're producing this large virtual conference, this large virtual recruiting conference, you know, in October, the beginning, October 1st and 2nd. Go mm-hmm. register for the conference. Um, so that's how we started looking at the platforms. And I'm so excited about the platform we're using. It allows text-based chatting and it can go right to video chatting and you're kept on the same platform. You don't have to jump off to use something else. So it really, the answer just sort of came to be. This platform match everything we needed to have in order to produce this large conference. So I'm excited and it's, we are going to provide videos and I'm available. So I really want people to understand we're not just having them register for a conference and then leave hanging them out to dry to figure it out themselves. Mm-hmm. I've been on enough Zoom calls with our, our local town and people don't know how to use Zoom and we will train you. We will train you on everything you need to know. I'm training the sponsors on how they interact with the launchers. So it's really exciting. It's really exciting. And, and you know, we're getting closer. So I'm building up my excitement. I always get this sort of sense of excitement the end of August because of the fall New York conference. Mm-hmm. So let me just um, review some of the things that you were talking about. First of all, we, as you're saying, we did not have to move to work from home. We are already a remote team. I, I like to say we are the highest productivity remote team yes. that you ever find. And we've been uh, working this way uh, since the inception of iRelaunch. So it's really um, embedded in our culture and embedded in how we operate as a company. Uh, we've, we've always found it to be a very effective, efficient way to work together. Uh, and, you know, now, especially uh, when companies had to make a lot of arrangements to figure out how to move uh, their employees to work from home. We we did not have to spend any time doing that because because we already uh, we already do that. So that that was that's a really important point. Um, and the other thing is when we moved virtual with that virtual platform is we have our conference has a reputation for the highest quality content, the highest quality uh, employer engagement uh, experience, uh, and we were you know looking to maintain or exceed these already high uh, standards that we've established for ourselves and and what we're known for so that was you know, you know part of what our our goals were um and i remember how you had done a lot of uh research and screening and brought like two finalists to our full team and you know we did a lot of analysis there and yes we did <laughs> Um, and the other piece, so as you're talking, Sarah, you're, you're talking about, we have, it's a day of career reentry strategy and education. So there's a lot of content delivery. There's this, as you're saying, sort of this job fair element, although it's not the kind of job fair where you walk into a room, um, in person or virtual, and there's like 300 employers there. It's, it's really a, 
um, we usually limit it to around 20 or so because right. we want to have allow people to have um, in-depth interactive experiences. So it's, it is a job fair, but it's not a typical job fair. Um, and then the one piece that, that is, the jury still are out on and, and we feel is, is going to be probably the most challenging to convert to a virtual experience is we know that our relaunchers are, when they walk into our room and there's hundreds of relaunchers in the room and they walk in and they all of a sudden get this feeling like, wow, I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm not isolated. There are so many people here who are just like me. Yes. So it'll be really interesting to see how that manifests itself in a virtual environment. So that's going to be something we evaluate for at the end. And it's really hard to sort of pre-create it, you know? So. Yeah, that that will be a slight change just by the nature of having a virtual conference. Everybody yeah. is is at their home. That's true. But there are so many benefits. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing, as you point out, everything is virtual now. So one of the benefits that we have for our relaunchers is for these conferences is that they get training on how to navigate the virtual platform. And I say this is is training that every relauncher needs to have because there are only going to be more of these online recruiter conferences and, and events. And you need to get experience being at them and navigating through them and understanding the technology. Yes, exactly. I mean, I can't impress upon our community enough that we are going to make sure that we train everybody to use this platform. And we're not just going to let our relaunchers figure it out. And it might help to know that I'm training all the sponsors on the platform as well. So the relaunchers aren't aren't the only ones who are coming mm. up to speed on this platform. Mm -hmm. Everybody is in it. So because someone is nervous about technology should not be a reason that they don't sign up for the conference. Mm. We will get you through the process. Good point. And that's actually a reason to sign up because most conferences are not going to take this extra time to train you. They'll just expect that you, you know what to do. So, so that, that's a, that's a really important additional uh, benefit. And, and one other thing I'll mention is we normally run our conference in a single day and it's super intensive. So one of the decisions that we had to make that you, Sarah, uh, were leading is, are we going to keep the conference one day? Is it going to move to two days? Can you comment about why we moved to the two-day format? Definitely. So looking at virtual conferences in general, it's, it's a different type of setup. Many people have a hard time sitting in front of their computer for eight or nine hours straight. If you think yeah. about our in-person conference, you think people get up, they chat with one another, they grab lunch, they get fresh air. Well, we need to we need to build in that same type of movement 
uh, to a virtual conference. So we thought, I well, we, I also thought, <laughs> I want people to have a good night's sleep. Yeah. I don't want to start too early. We're starting at 11 o'clock. You mm-hmm. can good night's sleep, well rested, get ready, listen to your keynote with your cup of coffee, listen to the panels, get all your information, and then network with sponsors. And then let's not give them a one-shot time to network with sponsors. Let's come back the next day as well. And you still have that time, that two-hour time to network with sponsors. You have that time to listen to coaches talk about anything you want to talk about in the relaunch process. So it was really a thoughtful decision to go two days instead of cramming it into one day. You just, no one really has that attention span to go eight or nine hours in one day. I mean, that's how kids are learning now. So, you know, they're breaking that up. So it really was thoughtful. It wasn't just, let's, let's have a two day conference instead. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of thinking behind that and a lot of research and discussion uh, with even our employers who are changing the way they're doing orientations for their return to work programs and building in breaks between sessions and making them uh, less intensive in terms of scheduling uh, in a single day. So uh, there's a lot of uh, good information on this that we were able to um, consider and discuss when we made that decision. Um, Sarah, I want to talk to you about your own approach to uh, just learning a new technology. You're not a tech, a techie person. No. Um, And I remember a few years ago, you wrote a blog about being fearless when it comes to learning new things, including learning new technologies. And I wanted to know, where do you think this fearlessness comes from? And how did you like harness it to just dive in and and start poking around on this conference platform and and learning and understanding it? Right. So, you know, the fearlessness might come from my mom who jumped out of an airplane at age 70. I I don't think I would do that. But in all seriousness, just this love for learning. I have a college professor as a father and an elementary school teacher as a mother. So Mm. constantly learning. And I decided a while ago that my job had to be engaging. And I, I just love learning new things. And I tell you this, I have to always be learning new things. So if there's an opportunity to learn new things, I want to be part of it. I mean, it would be pretty unremarkable job if if I was doing the same thing every single day. And that's that's why I love events. Once the event is over, you start anew again and, and you get to plan another event. So and in terms of learning, I do. I just break it down. I go in, I play. That's how I've learned a lot of this virtual platform. I've just gone in and, and played with it. Um, so it's just about experimenting, experimenting and, and seeing what's out there. You miss a lot if you're afraid to do something. I hope the relaunchers in our audience are listening to what Sarah is saying right now, because it's so important in 
a whole range of relaunches, not not um, not only in this particular situation, but you know we have plenty of relaunchers who relaunch in um, heavy technical or engineering type roles, and relaunchers who relaunch in areas where they have to use some kind of technology, even though they you know they might they're not an engineer or an IT person. Uh, so having this fearless attitude is actually one of the, the qualities of a successful relauncher and a quality that we speak with our employers about seeking out when they're selecting people for their return to work programs or to hire them outright um, is this quality of fearlessness. And employers will say, I don't expect the, the person to know like every technology that's being used but I expect them to have a fearless attitude about learning what they don't know. And so that's right. exactly, Sarah, what you're exhibiting right now. So Sarah, we're running out of time now. And I wanna end by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? So I would say, just because you don't have all the answers now, trust the process of going virtual with this conference. We will provide you with all the knowledge and all the resources you need in order to have a fantastic conference experience. That is a great piece of advice. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Carol. I had a great time. And for relaunchers out there interested in our conference, you can go to irelaunch.com, our website, and look at the top menu bar. And there's a specific title there called conference. And you can click on that and we'll get to right where you need to register. Thanks all of you for listening to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 